Woo! I made it. I made it. Oh my gosh, better late than never. I hope for all of you. I do apologize. I kind of apologize to myself first and foremost because I was racing home with plenty of time, but I kept kind of being in huge traffic jams, which is okay. I'm used to that in LA in a way, although I avoid those traffic jams if I can. But I'm not very good at linear instruction. And my little lady on my GPS was saying, do blah, 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 blah. And she, so I would do that. And then she'd say, okay, now turn left. And the corner's right there. And there's three lanes full of people with all kinds of headlights. And I can't turn left because I've got three lanes on the left side of me. And uh, I ended up taking a lot of wrong turns. And the more worried I got about all of you at home lined up waiting to call in, the more panicky I got. So I apologize. And I want to tell you this, two things. Eating lemon bars before you hit the traffic is not a good idea. And the second thing is panicking does not help you figure your way out of a wet paper bag. So I think I'm pretty calm now. But I'm very conscious of a few of you that are waiting for a little bit of feedback. So let's take a one-second or five-second breathing, centering uh, meditation. So join me with this. Close your eyes unless you're in a traffic jam trying to turn left across three full lanes of bright headlight traffic. Okay. A couple of breaths. One more. Excellent, excellent. Hi, I'm Veronica Entwistle, and this is Radiance by Design. And a little ways back, I was radiating anxiety. I was radiating panic. And I'll tell you what. It doesn't help, but it uh, mushes up all the traffic around you. So I, I recommend you don't do that. But let's all sort our radiances out now so that we can beam out there and catch up on what everybody else is feeling. Or no, let's catch up on what everybody else is preferring to feel. And the feelings that we want to pick up on, the radiances that we want to pick up on, are radiances that you send out of your body from your core self, the essential self of your inner being, and that helps lift all the other people that you meet. And what happens is it makes life more possible. But you see, when I got all dithered tonight in this car I, uh, and in the traffic, I found it almost impossible to sort it out. So that means I have to go back to all my old shows and re-listen to them <laughs> and also pay more attention to breathing and meditation and calling up the presence and not eating lemon bars. I don't really eat desserts at all, but I did eat a couple of lemon bars at a wake. I was at a wake where there were a lot of people who had a lot of emotion, and that's another thing. I probably was picking up a fair amount, and I wasn't conscious of it because I was conscious more of the people that I spoke to and that I cared about there and I was catching up with and so on. So um, it's easy for our radiance to be like um, a wig on your head that gets all crooked and you don't know it. So here I am anyway. I'm really glad to be talking to you all. 
And um, I want to talk about, oh, one of the things that happened is a friend of mine, a friend of uh, ours from Hong Kong, is here in L.A. And one of the reasons she was here is that her brother-in-law was on his last legs and he passed last week. And it was the wake for him. And what I really enjoyed about this part, I don't know if you could say enjoy, but very often when people pass, for me as an intuitive, it's kind of difficult to go, oh, this is so terrible, because this fellow had been sick off and on for, uh, I think, 30 years. He had uh, cancer in a kidney, and he lost a kidney, and he had all kinds of uh, ensuing uh, cancers and illnesses and therapies and so on. But he was a lawyer, and everything I've heard about him is that he was one heck of a contributor in life. He really gave and gave and gave and helped a lot of people. But for his family and for himself, he was in and out of really intense hospital surgeries off and on for 30 years, which is a lot to think about, you know, when you think about it. And um, people were extolling the virtues of his always being kind to people. As a lawyer, he helped a lot of people. But then when um, our friend Vicky emailed me that he had just passed, I looked, which I tend to do, looked beyond this world. And I watched him being lifted with, uh, I guess, angelic presences. To me, they looked like these wafting spiritual beings. And his spirit was being lifted. And there was so much joyfulness and happiness in him. And there was this really, really overwhelming feeling of his um, not just being relieved to get out of the pains of his body, but having accomplished a great deal in those two months or two and a half months that he was out of it and in a kind of a coma in the hospital. And it was really amazing to see this. So I immediately emailed Vicky and told her that. And the family seemed to be very, very pleased to hear that. But it's interesting because there was this big gathering for his wake. Uh, they had a wonderful ceremony at the church and then uh, at his church. But then uh, there was this wake. And whilst I stopped to buy, I decided instead of flowers, I would take chocolate for him. So when I stopped to buy the chocolate, he kept coming to me in presence. He's going, buy your chocolate and then go to the house, go to the house. So it was a very interesting experience to hear um, not only how he had struggled with health, but how he'd been out of the normal consciousness state and how much work he did to extricate himself and complete, extricate himself from the third dimensional demands in a way or the third dimensional thought processes and really um, cultivate within himself a sense of what was it he kept saying, wisdom, or I kept hearing wisdom and love. And uh, there was one other thing. Completion, forgivenesses. He had done a whole lot of work before he left. And when he left, he was rejoicing. So I kept seeing him sort of sitting over the gathering and feeling um, a te uh, what was more, more than just peaceful floating around in bliss. It was more like attentive and making sure everyone was okay. And... Um, and for him to notice who was there and what it was like for them. So for me, it was a very touching event. I, I really enjoyed it all. I've never met him. I briefly knew 
some of the family and uh, got to know our friend from Hong Kong who was there. But it was a very, very interesting wake. And I do apologize for having uh, kept everybody waiting. But maybe Dawn entertained you. Good grief. So if you've got questions, call in now. In the meantime, our friend Carol, who used to call in regularly, has a number of questions for me to ask uh, the guides today. One of them is, um, she was told that she had a strong connection. Uh, oh, I see. She was, t- oh, a sec here. Okay, so she was told in her lineage she had a very powerful connection with the grandfather, that he was coming through her. I want to say this, that there's something about her lineage that talk about Rick, who had just departed, bless his heart, um, making sense of things whilst he appeared to be out of it, meaning he was in his coma. Um, he was busily making sense of his life. And in um, Carol's state of mind, apparently her grandfather, who's connected to her and who is wanting very much for her, she, has, she must have Native American in her. I believe she has Native American in the lineage. So he's been coming. I can't explain this. It's not like she's just channeling him, but his, oh, the overlap of the lineage between the two of them. Now, if you look at lineage and look at DNA, there's a lot of activity there. There's a lot of uh, knowledge that's being passed down, the knowledge of the family, the knowledge of the ancestry. A lot of that is being passed down. He's showing that he and then his grandmother, so they're going back there, who looks to me to be very native, they have an exchange of energy. So there's a quickening within the DNA strands and that he's wanting to activate in Carol some of the awakenings of that he himself is experiencing. Because I'm telling you, everything I see, and I don't know, some of you might call in and have something else to say, but uh, everything I see, say, uh, we don't really, and when my first husband died, he came to people and he said, hey, guess what, there's no such thing as RIP, which is rest in peace. For what I see with people, there's a great deal of learning, growing activity beyond the third dimension. And what I'm seeing with Carol's grandfather is that he is fusing with uh, the lineage of his grandmother or great-grandmother. The lineage is fusing in him and wanting to come down to Carol, wanting to come down through Carol. Carol has had many years of being flat on her back in excruciating pain. She's called in about this sort of thing fairly often. And she hasn't been calling in lately because her phone isn't good enough to be uh, calling this distance with. But uh, uh, what she's got is incredible body pain. But what she's being taught by many healers is that she has the capacity to release those pains and not be writhing in pains anymore. And those of us who have worked on her have tried really hard, but always she goes back to it. But what they keep saying over and over again is, honey, you have the ability to unhook your um, program or your connection to that pain. And what I'm seeing is her grandfather lineage 
and I see Native American there, uh, and that's his grandmother or great-grandmother that's connecting, and that they are trying to radiate down through her some ancient wisdom, some very, very powerful healing wisdom that is hers by inheritance, you know? It's hers to... Um, Act, that's the word, activate. It's hers to activate in her body-mind. It's very, very... Um, uh, it's almost it's making me yawn for some reason. Usually the yawning means that, say, if I were talking to Carol about all this, she might be resisting. Uh, but it's making me yawn like mad. So somebody, there's some resistance going on. As we talk about all this, maybe it's my own or maybe it's yours. I don't know. But anyway, what they're saying here is that, Carol, you have full capacity because you have inherent in your lineage, even though it's undiscovered by you so far, you have full capacity to draw open those programs that were inherent in the native culture because the grandmother, the great-grandmother that I'm seeing up there has a lot to do with um, magic and shamanic activity. And you have the ability, through your grandfather, um, to bring that up in yourself and have the ability to actually heal some of your own um, limitations. And that what they're saying is that, Carol you will most likely activate these and and I'm saying most likely because that's a choice of yours, activate these programs and become able to heal not only yourself but other people. I have to say a caveat I want to throw in here is that it's sometimes it's much easier to heal others than to heal yourself, mostly because our, well, we should talk about this, because the soul journey is a really fascinating thing, isn't it? It's that um, for me to find my true purpose or for you to find your true purpose is sometimes uh, really, uh, how can I put it? It's kind of in a labyrinth because we come in with the um, activities with the work that we need to do in order to finish off whatever our soul journey has accrued through the various uh, existences that you've gone through and that um, you might have it in you to have a healing lineage. But that doesn't mean that you have access to it in yourself. Sometimes it's in a locked box until you get to a different point of awakening into yourself. And I feel like that's kind of a thing that you're going through, Carol, is that you're finally awakening. I think your, your age is something like 70. You're finally awakening to the aspect of yourself that has the clarity, the freedom, the vibration, and the centering to begin to access the shamanic uh, gifts that are way down deep inside of you. There's a number of you that have, uh, most of you listening to Radiant Spy Designer, most of you listening to BBS Radio, have an urge inside or a disquiet or a discomfort that wants to shake apart the containers of gifts that you have, wants to shake them apart and really discover what those vibrances are inside that want to be heard. And Carol, you're like this. And when we do this, we've talked about the shift and we've talked about 
awakenings, and we've talked about uh, many, many other people are doing it as well, how the, there's great downloads coming through the universes, the energies of the earth given to their own, left to their own devices, darling, are coming up in frequency, rising in frequency, rising in frequency. So many people are also absorbing the downloading frequencies from the universe and rising in frequency because of the influences from the earth. And that means one another because we are all very, very empathic. And as you awaken, you learn to individuate, separate from others, empathetic outpourings or radiance by non-design, but just radiances. Okay, you're learning to separate from other people in such a way as to consciously raise, consciously raise within yourself or allow the essence of your being to raise its fields and frequencies higher, all right? And then you absorb and, and engage in more of the rising frequencies of the planet and touch the uh, downloads of the higher frequencies from the universes. And you see what's happening? We have an interplay between the ones coming in from the above and ones coming from below, pushing away a lot of the ones coming in from other people until you can get that pot stirring inside of the essence of your being enough to only bring in the radiances that really add to your frequencies. Does that make sense? Today, somebody who was reading my book said, what is all this stuff about spiraling lights inside? So given all that, I want to say to you that when I first awakened to the lights inside of us, I saw, if you picture this, I'm sitting by a campsite and I, um, by a fire, and I'm looking at somebody across the fire and I suddenly see inside of her, her chakras, they just start to pulse. And I start to realize what they are. And then the lights that go from one to the other to the other begin starting at the perineum at the base of the torso. They start spiraling streams of light, streams of color, each matching one of the colors of the chakras, spiraling up through the core of the beings, spiraling up, spiraling up. So... When I looked around quickly, each one burst into these uh, spiraling spectral inner light beings. I don't see them like that all the time, but if I click in my mind, click, there they are again. And I watch them as you go through different chakra activities, say it's about uh, finances and you start to manifest at a deeper level, manifest what it is you want to create and what you want to receive. And that redness brightens up. The red starts spiraling up through all the other chakras because it doesn't just sit there at the base of your spine, at your tailbone, does it? It has to incorporate all the levels of your psyche and really move up through your body-mind. That's a really intense little lesson for the last few minutes of a very, very truncated show. And I want to say, um, Carol, I really hope you heard this, but if you didn't, I hope others of you appreciate the fact that you also can activate your own energy fields, your own radiances, your own lineage, the packages of gifts that you've got in your lineage, and so do I. Because when we talk about politics these days or the lack of 
fairness between um, the haves and the have-nots and all that sort of stuff. Change the energy, change the reality as you and I learn to grow to a higher and higher frequency. Our energies change, our value systems change, our courage to love and support other people changes and grows. And just like empathy that's unconscious, this conscious radiance can be empathized with or can radiate out there and intrigue the radiances of others and we can spread out a really different a really different way of loving life and of loving one another this is veronica entwistle saying thank you so much for hanging in there those of you who did and um, i'm not really sure who's coming on to paradigm shifters but i'd love to get some feedback those of you who are podcasts that are up on my site veronicaentwistle.com we have donna wetterstone strand up there now and we also have um but but baptiste de pap who did the power of love we have new people up all the time we're headed toward jo- uh, charles eisenstein who's coming up in november who's talking about the gifting economies his stuff is really brilliant and uh, you want to look him up charles eisenstein and And uh, we have a few other people coming up. Somebody who wants to come on and talk a lot about a woman, a a couple, incidentally, who who are really working with aging as a conscious, choosing conscious aging. That's what it is. I'm really looking forward to that. So I'm not sure what's coming up on, on Radiance, on Paradigm Shifters in which order, but those are some of the subjects coming up. And if you're not receiving my little newsletter, please go to veronicaentwistle.com, click the Ask Veronica button and punch up your email, and then you'll be on my little address for uh, the newsletter. Again, thank you so much. And Dawn, thank you for your patience as I ran around crying in the traffic of L.A. trying to find a quick way through a very, very complex route. This is Veronica Antwistle saying many blessings to all of you. Take a breath and make it a blessing to share with everyone. How many of you are finding these crazy energies in the planet or off the planet driving you nuts these days? I am. I'm finding it a couple of days I was so irritable, but I'd run into people. I don't mean run into them. I would see people and they'd be going, what's going on? I don't know whether to scream and cry or laugh. I don't know what's going on. And then I gathered that uh, some of the astrological designations are pretty hard right now. Not hard in the sense, because you and I want to have all these energies change so that instead of being locked up, in a very slow-moving subconscious program, which we've heard about for a long time. Uh, you know, uh, what's her name? Barbara Hand Cloud talks about how, like 11,000 years ago, there was a huge cataclysmic time on the planet Earth, and we all have deep trauma in us from a stream of information from 11,000 years ago, where I guess we were all killed or hornswoggled or whatever we were done as the... Uh, as the physical dimensions of the earth plane shifted. And, um, and, I, and what we've heard from um, my gods and angels have been very clear that at this time in history, 
you can actually step away from, step right out of a lot of that old programming and not be, what, uh, weighed down by karma. We can literally step out of it. Now, the mind boggles, eh? I'm not quite sure uh, because I, I'm the kind of the doubting Thomas, right? I'm always going, okay, show and prove. Otherwise, I don't know if I believe it. But I have noticed that there's a lot of like deep ways that I and other people that I work with or know have had old programs show up and suddenly, like programs like, uh, oh, always feeling less than or uh, knowing you're less than or uh, you just like your parents or, I mean, I can't even think of any. Um, you uh, can't handle things. There's a lot of old things where people would say, oh, I've always been like that. That's just what I'm like. I'm like my mom or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's changing and they're sort of stepping free as if they're flexing their little arms and moving the bent, bent arms back and forth with their shoulders getting a little stretch. You know how we do that sort of thing. And saying, you know what? I don't think I'm like that anymore. Wow, isn't that exciting? And so um, I really feel like that to me is evidential that we are moving out of karmic stuff. We also are moving into a time, let's talk about Baptiste de Pap. He wrote a book called The Power of the Heart. And this book comes out of the fact that he was a lawyer. And when he became a lawyer, he, uh, that's a lot of study, isn't it? And when he became a lawyer, he got himself a job as an international, in an international law firm. And everybody was so excited because this was like la pièce de résistance. This was uh, top of the line. And he was going to be able to be, you know, like a really amazing lawyer. And he was all excited except inside he felt this is, he, he knew it wasn't good. He just kept saying, I don't know why, I don't feel right. So he saw uh, a little YouTube with um, Oprah and Eckhart Tolle, and it said something about the only point of life is about finding your true purpose. So he decided to go walking, so he went walking. I guess he walked and walked for a couple of days. I, I'm sure he took a snooze at night. But in any case, he walked and walked, walked and walked, and one day it was pouring with rain, and he stood under the boughs of a huge tree, it wasn't a bow tree like uh, the Buddha, but maybe you could make an analogy here. He stood under the boughs of a huge tree and, and to get out of the rain to protect himself a little bit. But as he did, he just stood there and he was kind of almost thought-free, I guess. And then inside, it was like a bone breaking right into his chest. Break! It cracked like a bone. And something happened and his heart just flashed open in a way, not just his heart heart, but his uh, heart chakra and the high heart, those whole areas. And he couldn't believe how powerful the love was. And then he heard a voice in his head that said, we want you to create um, a movie about the power of love. So what did he do? He goes, oh yeah, right. 
I, who know nothing about filmmaking, I'm going to make a movie. Yeah, I can see that. That'll sure make sense to me. <laughs> Pretty, and we're all a little bit like that, you know. They say, oh, you're going to be this and that. And most of us will go, well, I, I hope so. I don't know. Um, I don't know how I'm going to do that. And as they say, whoever they are, uh, it's often this way when you're bidden to do something and you say, I don't know, that the pieces will come to you in a very interesting way, won't they? The pieces will start showing up. He said, I don't, I don't even know how to start. So he went to a retired producer, which was actually pretty intelligent, wasn't it? And he got some advice from him. And he talked to some other financial wizards. And across the board, they all said the same thing. Guess what they said? Oh, you have no idea how complicated it's going to be. It's going to be really hard for you to do that. It's very, very hard. You'll never get it done. Da-da-da. So he, our hero, did not give up. He just kept going. So he went. that's when he went and saw the old producer, the retired producer, who told him a lot about how to do production, how to set it up, how to get the money. But he also said, cautioned him, and he said, you know, I'm not sure you're ever going to be able to do this because people don't want to fund ones like that that are just like do good movies. Anyway, the long and the short of it is he managed to get, um, I think there are two law, I can't remember the exact people that came to help him, but a couple I think were law firm investment people. Anyway, the three of them, the triumvirate, got together and they went around the world. They got the monies to do it. And then they went around the world and they interviewed illuminaries on how they felt about the power of love. And that included people like Oprah, Eckhart Tolle, Maya Angelou, um, I mean, Deepak, Marcy Shimoff, Paulo Coelho, who wrote The Alchemist, uh, Gary Zukoff. I mean, these are all people that you and I have heard of ad nauseum. I shouldn't say it that way. Michael Beckwith, Marianne Williamson, Elizabeth Allende. All these different people who are truly the illuminaries of what's going on in consciousness around the planet. And what he was asking them to show him was, what did they know about love? And anyway, and they all, oh, also he went to uh, the heart math people who do a great deal about the radiances of the heart and when you raise your fields and frequency there in the heart chakra, when you really come from love, right, there's oftentimes an awful lot of healing. And then in heart math, they actually do the scientific research on what, that, what the vibrations are and, you know, what the frequencies are. And they measure them and they measure their sustainability. And in heart math, they actually will show you how that there's a, you know, we talk about doing our um, in common meditation. And since we've got more time, we're going to do one tonight. How, how when you do your in common meditation, all of us together on Radiance by Design, what happens is you develop a beautiful coherent field out there. And in that coherent field, now we were talking when I was first on this show tonight, we were talking about how um, what you radiate out consciously really helps heal and helps um, lift a lot of people. So when you're um, 
coming from the heart, and that's really quite an exercise, actually, to learn to come from the heart. When you're coming from the heart, the, co- the fields that you radiate, what you radiate is very expressive of love, and the people who receive it will also feel love. So that's a part of that whole thing, isn't it? It's quite um, uh, contagious is the right word. So it's a very, very beautiful thought. So anyway, he just got the power of the heart. And what he said, the final thing that I want to say about it, he's got all kinds of things in the podcast about how this person and that person. Our spiritual growth, development, enfoldment as a being are contingent upon learning to trust the heart and the soul. And I don't think they say it quite this way, except that I always think that if if I can get with my heart, it really is access to my soul at a deep level. And what does that mean to you or me? That just means that I'm not this person, I'm not this hairdo, I'm not this hysterical woman. I wasn't hysterical, but driving in in the night with all the lights and getting lost all the time. It's not who I am. I'm also a really deep old soul. A very old soul who has all kinds of rich, rich qualities, just like you do. We have rich qualities of understanding. It's like my friend's um, brother-in-law who passed, that all that he went through inside in a quasi-semi-comatose state was actually finding the wisdom, finding the love finding the purpose in a lot of what he was going through in life, even though he was seemingly out of it. He was just out of the influences of the three-dimensional. It's kind of like, a, it's kind of like an enforced meditation in a way, isn't it? But anyway, to go back to the heart, um, what he says in this book as he talks to all these various people, and he asked each one of them this very question, Once you're in the heart, is that it? Can you do that? Can you stay there? And they had to decide to be in their heart every day. And they had to always keep deciding, deciding, and re-deciding. Because none of it's automatic. None of it is assumptions. you got to choose that stuff. How many times a day do you get defensive? How many times a day do you shut down because somebody hurts your feelings? Those are not times we're in the heart. That's times we're hiding our hearts. And the other thing is that the heart, when you're in the heart, you actually have radiances that protect you from being hurt. But a lot of us won't open the heart because we're afraid of being hurt. So it's kind of an interesting um, switch around, isn't it? So let's, um, let's all join together in a coherent meditation. I don't know how many of you are on here, but I'd really like it if you'd call in and let me know that you're actually out there. And uh, what we're going to do is a meditation, and we're going to uh, go into the Sacred Geometric uh, Healing Center. We haven't done that for a while because we've been too darn it busy with phones that were crashing and burning and uh, what else? I don't know. So let's... Uh, Okay, here we go. Let's take a couple of deep breaths. Ah. 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 
like that. It makes my arms buzz. Does it to you? So up above your head, I want you to see a golden ball. It's about two miles up, a beautiful golden ball. The thing about visualizations is you can make it so radiant that it'll just knock your socks off. It's not like counting on your crayons to be coping with that. It's you are the crayon. And now below your spine, about 40 feet, another golden ball. And then drop from the upper, sp- upper ball right down through your spine, through your head and your neck. Yeah, right down the spine into the lower golden ball. Good. So that you're actually on a skewer. Now from the upper golden ball to about waist height, drop a four-sided gold pyramid. And then upside down, meeting it point to point, is another four-sided gold pyramid. Only this one's pointing into the lower golden ball. And inside of that, now you've got like an up, pointing up pyramid and a pointing down pyramid. When you push them together, you've got yourself a diamond, haven't you? A three-dimensional. And inside of that, you want to have a beautiful crystal ball. And the outside edges of the crystal ball touch the inside edges of your structure. And inside of that, there's a um, star tetrahedron, a three-dimensional star of David. And you're inside of that. So three-dimensional star of David is very like the Merkabah. And the Merkabah or the Merkaba is the light body that you and I have shifted dimensions in before. And we can learn to use it consciously. So remember, you've got like a three-dimensional star, five-pointed star, or six-pointed star, star of David, all around your body, right? And, and, And you're inside it, skewered with this beautiful golden filament of light. Then you've got the three-dimensional star of David. And outside of that, I keep yawning, I'm sorry. Outside of that, you have a crystal ball. And outside of that, you have your uh, double tetrahedron or the diamond shape or the Merkaba, however you call it. No, I'm sorry, I'm confused. It's not the Merkaba, it's the diamond shape. It's the double tetrahedron, the two pyramids. So you see, you've got, have you figured it out? I just confused you, didn't I? You've got your big diamond inside that. You've got your crystal ball. Inside of that, you've got your star. And inside of that, you've got you, the star of Eunice, right? And now I want you to start spinning and spinning and spinning. Spin and spin and spin and spin and spin and spin and spin. And as you spin and spin, see in front of you some magical screens. And you're going to create movies on that screen. Spin and spin and spin and spin. And the first movie you're creating is a movie about you Becoming what you want to become. That's it. I want to be a trans-dimensional traveler. I want to be consciously trans-dimensionally traveling. That means I want to know how to talk to you from whatever dimension I'm on or in. Okay. What is it you want to be? 
And let's see yourself becoming that. Wrap that in light and move it over to the side. Now the second one, the second light or the second screen is you creating a project that you want to create and see all the pieces, the uh, time, the people, the money, all the pieces of your product that are coming together, they come easily and effortlessly, and you create your project. The whole thing comes together beautifully. And oh, it's, it's fun. You feel so vigorous as you're doing what it is you really want to do. The money's there. The time's there. The people are there. Good work. And then when you feel like you've achieved what you want to achieve with this project, you want to bring in, you want to have another phase, which is how long do you want your project to go on? How long should it go on? You want to see the people, the money, the situations flowing to it to help it maintain itself. What do you think? Can you see all those pieces coming together? Good. Now clap for it because it's going to come together and you can see it maintaining itself for as long as it needs to. Wrap it in light, move it over to the side, and now let's create the galactic healing center. It's the center where you're um, calling in the healing beings on your team. And those healing beings stand around, or at least seven or eight of them, stand around your healing table Whilst you come in on the healing, you're going to have different people come in on the healing table, but the first person to come in is you. And if you've got something in particular that you want to work on, you tell them. And if, if you don't know what you want to work on, ask the healing team what it is you need work on. So now I see them all come in and stand around the table. Good. And the first person in my galactic healing center is me. So in I go, I leap on that little table, and you leap on your little table. And I ask this, I'm asking them for a healing in um, several aspects of my inner journey. Lately, I'm working on some big quantum jumps inside of myself, and I'm asking for some help on that. And... Um, and that's what I'm saying to them. And they're asking me questions, and I'm paying attention. Good. All right. That's it. And when you can feel the energy coming through your body-mind... Just wrap it in light, move it over to the side. And now we've got a fresh healing table and our team replicates themselves. You might want to take a peek at who's on your team, right? And now who do we bring in? Now let's bring in someone who, um, let's see what she's been doing lately. 
Okay, I want to bring in um, I'm bringing in uh, people with I'm bringing in more than one person here. Some of these people have an overlapping need, and that's why I'm bringing them all in. So if it sounds almost like you, and it doesn't quite sound like you, it could be you because I'm picking the ones that have certain things in common, and one of them is um, uh, frustration that um, that you. Uh, the, the dreams and the fantasies and the manifestations that you long, long for that you're trying to create are just not happening and you're getting kind of grumpy about it and it's requiring a degree of surrender and patience and so on and uh, it's really difficult for you to do that that's it and so that healing team is saying to you oh <laughs> what's what does your healing team say to you i'm just seeing a number of these people and there's a lot of argumentation going on like but it shouldn't be that way it should have been this way it should have been i'm going hmm and what are they saying they're saying sometimes you need to let go because the reasons things don't work are very often because you have these uh, interesting little programs inside that are off-putting, really keeping aside from you any new activities. These programs are made of old activities, you see. So if you're saying, I've done everything, I, and I've had several clients talk like this recently, I've done everything I'm supposed to do, and they're just not responding. I'm going, hmm. When you have a determination exactly how things are supposed to happen, it doesn't always go that way. Sometimes that sets up a resistance, which sets up a block, and then you're in, your, in a different kind of a, um, a program, if you will. You know, so I'm watching several of you be really, really um, not belligerent, but it can be mound up as belligerent because what you're doing is holding your position. This is my belief. This is how it's supposed to go. This it should have been this over this period of time, and it wasn't. So what's wrong? What am I doing wrong? I'm saying, well, holding. Stop holding your belief. Let it go. Let the belief go. Let it fall on the floor. Throw yourself down on the floor and lie there until you can imagine. The guides used to say this a lot, which is fall on your face at the feet of the divine. And when you see that image, you might want to see it in front of an altar or a garden, any place you consider to be sacred, and have a, a figure representation of the divine in front of you. Fall on your face at the feet of the divine. Now, even if you're standing up in the safe way and you do this inside yourself, you can literally feel what it's like to lay down in a supine, I think it's called, or prone position, face down. And let yourself give up anywhere your muscle tones are holding in an art of surrender, 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 let go, let go, let go. Surrender, surrender, surrender. Good. Okay. And so when you do that, it's really interesting. If things aren't working for you, and, and you've got yourself programmed all over the place, and it's just not happening, you've got to realize that you're setting up a block at some level of your consciousness. And if you're like me, you don't exactly know what that is. And guess what? You don't have to know what it is. Well, if I were you, I would lay on my face 
at the feet of the divine, whatever that means to you, and surrender, 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 hand to the guides and angels, hand to God, hand to Jesus, hand to Mary, whoever you're praying to, whatever it is that's going on in your little body. And whilst you do that, just ask for nothing. Just lay there and lay there and lay there in your vision. Or you can do it in person as well. And then deep down inside, you're going to know when it's time to get up again. Because that's when something in you has kind of changed. And I think you really need to know there are techniques like that that help so much when it comes to creating your reality. So if you feel blocked and stifled and like the universe is treating you unfairly, try that little meditation on surrender. Good work. Okay, so let's uh, wrap that in light, move it over to the side. And now we're going to um, bring in, oh my, there's so many people that are having kind of problems. Oh, I want to talk about Rowena Kreider. I forgot to say this. Rowena Kreider is an amazing older woman who did um, art looking for universal, well, she's just an artist, but as she kept working, as she got older, she was looking for universal kind of imprints and deep mandalas and all kinds of um, patterns and so on. Talk about the subconscious patterning amongst human beings. She was amazing at, at drawing the kinds of pictures with the colors and the lines. If you looked at them, they would evoke in you that need to move some of your thinking. You know how if you look at lines or you look at drawings, it can change the way you've held on to your experience of life. I really admired her. She was on the show twice. Anyway, we just received news that she had crossed over last week. So I believe we're going to be running some Rowena Kreider interviews, probably one anyway, on Tuesday night. So it will be podcasted on Paradigm Shifters. Look her up, Rowena Kreider. She was an amazing, amazing woman. And um, I think what I find amazing is that at 79, she was still being very, very productive, finding the imagery that tells incredibly deep subconscious. And um, I guess we could say it's like the, a lot of the images and the spirals and the energy forms that she uh, perceived carried information from the beginning of time and she somehow in a poetic fashion was able to break them into language from codes from the codes that they are she just did some amazing groundbreaking work a wonderful wonderful woman uh, so to Rowena Kreider I say bless your heart and when I look across the veil I don't see her I think she's gone to some very She's gone, you know. Um, I see her going off to the left there amongst a few beings, so I don't think I'm going to sort of holler back. I, I don't think we can do that right now. Okay, so now we're going to do the, uh, let's bring in the sacred geometric structure again. So for Rowena's soul is what I started to say. Let's just keep setting it light. I want her to be able to unfold as fast and far as she can go, that girl. What an adventurer. Okay, so let's bring in somebody who's got um, 
Now, this is interesting. There's so many people who get older. Of course, that's everybody, right? Who have uh, very difficult legs, whether it's ankles and knees, what doesn't matter which part. Hips. Hips are a big deal, male and female. Knees are a big deal, male and female. Ankles are a big deal, male and female. Even feet. So let's bring in um, several people who have, for example, knee problems. Yeah. And if you're working with someone, you can pick somebody with hip problem or something. You don't have to do what I do, except it just makes it easier to call it, doesn't it? So I'm seeing several people with leg problems, some left, some right. Uh, and I want the first thing I want us to do is to have my person, our people lie there until they've let go and surrendered. Okay, good. The surrender, don't tell me what you know you're going to do. Don't do that because if you do that, you're not surrendering at all and we only surrender to get out of our own way, right? Everything I think I know isn't always the truth, right? You know that. But if you wait, if you uh, hand it to your universe and guides and God, then the answers will start to drift up through your, the hazes of our subconscious and so on. So anyway, let's um, look at the legs. And I want you all who are on the tables or those of you at home and thinking about it all, imagine surrendering. Fall on your face at the feet of the divine and surrender, surrender. And if you've got leg pain, surrender, surrender. Or if you have any pains in your body, surrender, surrender. Good. Now that's much better. Seems to be a lot more uniform. All right. And as you do that, then we go back into, well, what do the legs hold? Okay. The legs are all about support about holding you up, about carrying you, right? The, and who's on the right? The father. Who's on the left? The mother. And all the males that have supported you and all the females that have supported you. But, oh, what if they haven't supported you? Well, then they're on the right and the left as well. Who hasn't supported you? Is it the male or the female? I want you to go back and forth. Support. I want to feel all the support I ever got as a kid. Okay, there you go. Now, which side of you is stronger and which side is weaker? All right. And so, and now let's assume you've, who've got, you've got a bad right knee over there, right? Okay, so as we go into this support, I want you, if you've got a sore knee or leg or uh, um, ankle, even feet, okay? Just pay attention to which part of you is sore. Okay. And then I want you to do a little surrender action. Surrender. Surrender. Good. Right. All righty. That's good. Okay, so now I want you to go to the knee and pick the knee that's the sore one for you if you have a sore knee. Now remember on the right side is how you go forward. It's also the masculine energy. 
on the left side, it's how you are uh, in the feminine energy, which is the um, nurturing, looking after. Sometimes it seems passive because it's a watching energy, you know. So do you see all that? And so which side is your leg sore on? Is it the right or the left? And what does that tell you? Okay. And then I want you to go through in the Galactic Healing Center with your people. I want you to ask the teams that are there for them and for you to work with their, um, these people's legs however they need it. And you're not just going to fix up the pain that they have. What you're going to do is be pulling out the old beliefs. So let's pull out of the legs, have your team pull out of the legs whatever's in there about support. Right, wrong, or indifferent. All the issues of support. He supported me, she supported me, didn't support me at all. Let me down, let me down, hurt me, uh, supported me, uh, loved me, hurt me. Whatever it is, bring them all out of your legs. I want you to exaggerate them and feel them coming on up through your legs or out of your legs. Good. Come on, a little bit more. Now, you might want to put your proverbial hands at the soles of the feet. Open your hands at the soles of the feet of all these different people that are lying in your healing galactic chamber. That's it. Now, take a few more minutes to work their legs. Running the energy. Yep. And that your team, look at, see what they're doing. They're putting their hands on um, all the beings' head and some are putting them on their feet. And so that they're getting the uh, energy to run through the whole length of the body, right? Now, I know we're saying, okay, say he's got ostensibly a bad left knee or a bad right knee. What are you doing all this stuff for? And I'm saying to you because it, over and over we've proven that, and when I say proven, I just mean testimonial-wise, that when you pull out the beliefs and the hurt and the pain and the attitudes that are in a hurt part of the body, it takes care of more of the pain than any Excedrin or ibuprofen is going to do. Uh, that doesn't mean you don't need the ibuprofen periodically, but I'll tell you the truth is the fastest way to heal is to get the emotions out of whatever the situation is. And it is really magical. You say, oh my gosh, I've got a bad knee because I banged it. And you're telling me to think about my mother's support when I was seven, right? Well, that's crazy. Well, no, it isn't crazy. It does come together. So give it a shot. <laughs> okay. All right. Now let's see what's happening on our tables here. Let's do one more. Another part of the body, okay? And then we'll wrap it in light. Okay, one more part of the body where somebody's got some discomfort. Good. All right. So this one is the um, upper arm on the left. All right. And now let's get, see what the um, healing teams do with that. On the upper arm, on the left. That's it. Now remember this, that we talked about coming from the heart, didn't we? And if you're talking about coming from the heart, that has a lot to do with how your arms, your right arm is how you reach for what you want or how you give what you want. And the left arm is how you receive what you want. 
and how you receive from other people. So what we're saying here is that the uh, upper part of the left arm is troubled. And I'm going, okay, what is that? That's uh, a fear of receiving. It's not just of getting something. It's that you have a lot of shame in you. See, I'm, I'm watching two of the people on these beds here. Are, are, are evo what's happening is we're evoking in them a fear and a shame of receiving too much without having gifted that much back. There's a fear because, you can already answer this, you tell me what the fear is. There's a fear, there you go. All right, and most of the fear is quite goofy. It's like, oh gosh, I don't dare accept something from her. I haven't given to her, where is that gonna put me? That's gonna be a real mess for us. And there's an embarrassment and a humiliation about that, all right? So let's just take a look again at the left arm, which is the arm of receiving, right? And, and you have yourself feeling it. I want to feel all the receiving angst in my left arm. That's it. That's it. I want to feel it now. Thank you. And then have your team work on that arm for that person, whoever's on your table, if it's you or if it's someone else or if it's three other people. Have them work on that and command total release of the fear and the shame. I promise you, if you've got some sore body parts, you're going to find yourself able to release a whole lot of emotional energy that's blocking them. Now from there, we're going to wrap that in light and we're just going to do our political one. So wrap that in light and now we're going to go up into the universes and bring down some of the most amazing sort of a strawberry colored or a, a salmon colored radiant light and bring it down. Good. Bring it down through top of your head, down your neck, down through your heart, down your up your, your shoulders, down your arms until your hands are radiant, radiant. And what we want to do is put our hands on this, um, healing table that's political. What's the political situation that you want to work on? You want to work on our election? Do you want to work on Syria? Do you want to work on the wars or the Ebola? Do you want to work on, um, pick one of those things. You can pick any of the ones you want, okay? There's a lot to pick these days, right? I, I want to work on the, um, I would say the inequities in the political structure these days. I want more illumination. I want more, um, more uh, of a balance so that there has to be honesty. Whatever party you're in, well, I don't really think much of the parties anymore, but whatever party you're in, it doesn't really matter. What matters is what they're doing. And I think we really need to get to a higher level of what, uh, oh, this guy who did the heart book, he said something very interesting. He said, you know, when you come from the heart, you're so very powerful. And he said, I think it's innate in mankind to know we should be hiring for leadership, the people with the most powerful hearts, because they're the ones that can lift and support more people. We don't have that right now. I think we could have, but in any case, let's not get into politics that way. But if you look at this as politics, you go coming from the heart is very political in a lot of ways because it lifts people. It doesn't challenge them. It does not set up adversarial conditions. So when I put people on this political people or political um, 
uh, or current experiences on the healing bed. My intention is to put there this great mass of politicians in such a way, there we go, in such a way as to melt oppositions and so that they can put their heads together and find solutions that create healing, expansion, food, water, education, and love for all of us and better families so that we can all, we'd have better families if we had support um, as a collective, a collective being the whole country really values the same kinds of things. Yeah, there we go. My body's just buzzing, so I know we're getting somewhere. So let's bring this salmon-y colored frequency energy in and absolutely inundate this bed covered with, this healing bed that's just covered with all these political figures that are helping to uh, equalize the necessities of life and to give a higher quality of life to everyone. It's possible. It's going to take a quantum leap, but hey. It's quantum season, isn't it? Isn't that what I just heard? So now wrap that in light. Just wrap it in light. Infuse it with this amazing salmon radiant color and have that light move back up through your hands, your arms. Fill your arms. Scrub away all those aches in your arms. And then have it go right through into your heart, spinning round and round and round in the heart. Shoot back up through the neck. Fill your head and shoot way out into the great central sun. Have it drop back down. Run through your body into the core of the earth. Good job. And now I haven't done the whole thing about wrapping the world, but we'll do that later. So I want you to uh, turn around and close off the Galactic Healing Center. I want you to jump in your star tetrahedron and spin and spin and spin. And then come on in and talk to me. Do you have anything to say today? I'm seeing several of you. There's some of you that haven't called in for a long time. and A lot of you don't even expect that I'm on at this point. So I certainly hope we've got some people listening. Anyway, what I will do is... Okay, so I'm seeing some people retiring. And as you retire, what I'm seeing here is there's a lot of physical problems going on. I'm not sure what's going on, especially for the woman. Um... It seems like they finished their work and now, and they have money and they've sold their house and they're now in a condo and now they've got a couple of illnesses coming up. I'm going, oh. So let's take a look at that. It seems like somehow in the middle of doing their work, working hard, it seems that what they needed was a terrific amount of um, uh, joy and enthusiasm for their retirement years. Because when I look at it, they don't seem to have that. Uh, they kind of say they do, but I don't get that at all. And I want to say it's enervating. It's really draining for them to uh, be retiring without feeling a passion of something they're doing. So they're just kind of getting sickly. Hmm. I want to say to you out there, come on, let's infuse you with light. We'll, we'll drizzle light into your body mind. Let's now let's take a look. Now the woman herself. Hey, look at you. You've got all kinds of artistry in there. Get yourself some paintbrushes, darling, or some fabric, either or or both. 
Yeah, that would really be helpful. For the guy, it seems like he's got things to make. He's not a carpenter kind of guy, but there's something that he wants to make it has to do with, I don't know whether he's going to make electric trains for kids or something. But whatever it is, you need to do something like that because in both cases, especially in the guy's case, the idea of his legs becoming weaker and weaker is a pretty clear uh, indicator of the fact that, da-da, and, oh, and the right leg is worse than the, than the left, which tells me that how he's supported in the plan, on the planet and who he is and how that's supported on the planet. It's not just like I'm supported, here's some money. It's like, are you supporting who I am? Probably not. Probably most people aren't supported for who they are. And this guy is no different. So I want to say there are things to find out in yourself. I would really like to, uh, these people that are doing something on aging, I'm really concerned about the fact that so many older people have no sense of themselves and that they've never decided on what their gifts are or they've never felt successful because maybe they didn't make that much money, maybe they didn't get along with their kids. It doesn't matter. Maybe they didn't ever self-actualize, whatever that means to you. I mean, there's a whole bunch of these things that I go, I think that, going back to the fellow who passed, I think that when you realize who you are, or I've said this before, when I work with people as a healer, people who are seen and known for who they really are actually have a kind of a healing that happens. It's like you can see it. Their light changes, their inner light, those spiraling lights I told you about at the beginning, those pick up speed and they begin to expand and you can see tensions and lines around their faces and their jaws shifting and changing and it's all very subtle. So I used to say years ago, especially to gentlemen, you need to get a little pocket mirror and stick it in your breast pocket and when you go through some of these little exercises, take a look before you start the exercise in the pocket mirror. Take a look even just at the top part of your face if you want. Put it back in your pocket. Do your healing work. Bring it back out and look and see if you don't change radically how you look. I've noticed it over and over. It's a remarkable thing. And the thing is, is when you, um, when you do that, you can say, uh, I see that there's a whole bunch of tension in my face, there's tension in my jaw, there's tension around my lips, there's tension in my legs. And it's those kinds of things that make us walk funny, look older, and so on. But if you pay attention, you will really see the development of your own illnesses. And if you can really see that, you can quite often unravel at least some of them. You can unravel some of them so you don't just have to be older and infirm. And I really think bottom line to aging, as far as I understand it, because there's some whopping illnesses that some people get, and that's a bit different. But um, the thing about aging is there's so many people that don't have a clue whether or not or where, let me see, where there's any power in their life if they don't hold down a job. You know, so if you're retired, it's really hard to know if you're uh, powerful, if you don't know what your gifts are, or if you're not, oh, I don't know, painting pictures, um, building sandcastles, making cookies. It doesn't matter. Cutting hair, um, 
something that you do that there's finesse at that you're the only one who does it those are things that are really important to pay attention to because that is really really um, a gift for those of us who are aging some of you of course are not aging at all but I want to age consciously I want to kind of get into it and become um, I have a girlfriend who says, I am so proud of the times we put in in the 60s. And in the 60s, we went through these periods of really investigating who we were, which parts of our past were holding us back. We were looking at the world and trying to understand how we could help create peace. You know what we were doing in the 60s? A lot of us were doing that, I'm sure. Anyway, when she, I think back on it and I kind of wince because we were angry sometimes, we were um, marching, we were throwing away our brassiers, people were getting mad at us, people were scared of what we were doing, and so so it has a, a kind of a fracas feeling to it. But when she said to me not very long ago, I am so proud of all the things we did in the 60s, I had to sit and look at her and go, wow, she's absolutely right. And the other thing about it is talking about conscious aging. There's a whole aspect of our souls, a whole aspect of my soul that grew through the various challenges that hurt us as we discover oh, inequities in life or the uh, deceptions of whether it was religion or politics or the amount of, the amount of abuse that we'd had as children and how that kept us from our truth and so on. All of those things were really, really empowering and all of them helped release in us access to the golden light that's ours and the potential wisdom that grows in us as we touch deep places of ourself. So this is Veronica Antwistle. This is my last sign-off tonight. And as I said before, Paradigm Shifters, I said I wasn't sure who's on this coming week, but I'm going to be rerunning a Rowena Kreider. Look her up because she is an amazing woman. Rowena Kreider. I'm going to rerun her because she crossed over last week and she is a true contributor on a very, very spiritual level, uh, kind of uh, hilarious. Um, She wasn't a 60s radical because she's older than that. But when I think back on some of her her interview, you'll find it quite uh, delightful the way when she was 19 and 20, what she did and how she discovered her own soul journey that was literally screaming and urging to get through her. What does that mean and what kind of gifts came up through her? She's just an amazing woman. Look her up. Rowena, R-O-W-E-N-A, Kreider, K-R-Y-D-E-R. This is Veronica Entwistle, and I'm saying to you, please go into my website, veronicaentwistle.com, and listen to the latest podcasts of Paradigm Shifters. They're really good. The podcasts are there for you to help yourself to them. Take them off to your iPhone or wherever you want to take them to. They're also up on Stitcher and iTunes, and they're there for your loving enjoyment, and I'd love some feedback. What do you think about them? I've got some great ones coming up. I'm looking into the gifting economies, Charles Eisenstein. He's going to be on, I think, November the 17th, something like that. And uh, what else? Um, 
I want to say, I wanted to say something else. Oh, yes. When you go into my site to listen to the podcast, click the Ask Veronica button and ask any questions you want. But also put your email in there and then I'll, you'll be able to get my tiny wee little newsletter, uh, which tells you then who's coming up on Paradigm Shifters. I'll see you on Paradigm Shifters Monday, Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. And I'll see you on Radiance by Design at 7 next week. Not with my hair all frazzled and my little heart all harried at 7.30, but at 7 p.m. This is Veronica Antwistle saying thanks for hanging in with me tonight. Many blessings, much love. Remember to look into each other's eyes and really try to get who's in there. Learn something about each other. It'll change the world. Good night. Much love. <laughs>